0: Hey everyone, Zach here. Really excited to bring you today's episode featuring Mark Killens, who's the VP of content and community at Drift. Uh, Just wanted to give a quick shout-out and thank you to our sponsor of today's episode, which is Mongoose Research. If you haven't heard yet, Mongoose, who's a pioneer in the ed tech space, has actually recently introduced a powerful new tool of their software lineup called Harmony. Harmony is an intelligent chatbot solution that's designed exclusively for higher education. It's sort of acts like a virtual assistant for your website visitors. Fun fact, Harmony is actually built and powered by Drift technology, which Mark will talk all about today on today's episode. Um, but Mongo's Research is a built for you solution. Here's how it works in a nutshell. The Harmony team listens to your website objectives and creates custom conversation pathways to help you achieve them. Whether your goal is to increase your submitted application rate, up your staff's efficiency, capture more quality data from prospective students, or all of the above, the Harmony team is here to help you out. Your customized Harmony instance will keep your students' success top of mind, guiding them toward the information they need and delivering that information exactly when they need it. If you're interested in learning more about how Harmony delivers a better experience for your website visitors and your staff, tune into Mongoose's recently recorded webinar on conversational marketing for higher education at mongooseresearch.com forward slash harmony dash webinar. Again, that's mongoose dot com forward slash harmony dash webinar. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Enrollify podcast. My name is Zach Boozy Cruz and I am your host for today's episode. And today I have the great privilege of sitting down and speaking with Mark Killens, who is the VP of Content and Community at Drift. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hey, thanks, Zach. Thanks for having me. Mark, can you just start by giving us sort of the quick elevator pitch for Drift for our listeners who might have heard heard of you guys or seen your logo, but aren't entirely sure what Drift actually is? And then following up on that, could you also just give us a little bit of a sense of what VP of content and community at Drift actually looks like? Like, what does is, what is Mark's day-to-day look like?
1: Sure. Uh, Drift is a revenue acceleration platform. And Drift... Uh, created the conversational marketing and sales category, and we help businesses accelerate their revenue and and make business buying more enjoyable. Uh, We we do that through um, personalizing the customer experience across um, the entire life cycle of a customer. We do that through connecting buyers and sellers faster together. Uh, We do that by um, helping, helping businesses um, engage with their website visitors um, in in ways that are highly personalized across all of the channels offers and messaging they're using uh, so it's a combination of, of using conversational marketing and sales which I'm really excited to talk to you about and using those things to help a business um, you know, create more revenue faster uh, and and what I do is is help the a whole community and marketing and sales um, community globally understand how to actually you know, do these things and, and teach them about what is the future of marketing and sales look like? How is it, how is it changing? How does conversational marketing and sales play into that? How do you actually do conversational, conversational marketing and sales to accelerate your business's revenue? How do you make business more you know, personal and, and more about um, the people and less about, you know, the acronyms and the jargon we as marketers have created over the last many years. And uh, one thing we're doing a lot more of to these days is using intelligent automation. So AI enabled um, tools and our drift revenue acceleration platform has a lot of AI enabled tools. Um, and, for, for me, I love just building communities. I love creating content. So I lead, uh, many teams in that endeavor. Uh, so happy Zach to talk about anything marketing and sales related with you today
0: fantastic no I'm I'm really 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 excited and you know our our listener base are people that work in enrollment marketing so people that are working in higher education marketing communications and or they're working in enrollment management uh, within the context of, of an institution and so uh, you know a, a world uh, you're, you guys are sort of you know on the bleeding edge of all of these new things and higher ed is typically a few years behind sort of where the, the for-profit, uh, the B2B and B2C spaces are. And so I'm sure that our listeners will will garner uh, more than just one insight from uh, from what you have to share with us today. Um, can you just give us a quick sort of uh, Cliff's Notes overview of your career today? You know, when, where I first actually stumbled upon you was, uh, you were the like the first person that at least I can remember seeing um, on LinkedIn using tons and tons of video. and I just I just remember seeing your face all over my LinkedIn feed and thinking, what who do, who uses video on LinkedIn? Um, and I loved I love the videos that you and your, your you and your team put out and it's neat to hear that that content has been something that's been, uh, really core as you you know throughout throughout the context of your career, and it's my understanding that you were at HubSpot for a period of time before Drift. Can you just give us a a quick little uh, crash course, uh, the cliffs notes over you as I as I have already said and like to say of your career today?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to talk too much about myself. I want to help you know your audience, so I'll make it very brief. Basically, I've been doing you know marketing related things for over ten years. Um, I joined a, a small company, uh, a quasi-startup, um, right as the Great Recession was unfolding, um, right at the beginning of 2008, uh, which was right after I basically graduated college in 2007. I, I learned a lot of that company. I was one of the first um, businesses, first 1,000 businesses to actually use HubSpot, wow. which is you know, an inbound marketing platform. And I saw the power of, of HubSpot decided I needed to join the company. So then I joined HubSpot, was at HubSpot for about eight and a half years. Uh, I guess my claim to fame at HubSpot, if you want to call it that, is I built up something called HubSpot Academy, uh, uh, which is very educational in nature. So it probably will resonate with your audience. Um, and and for me, it's, it's, it's using the power of um, content community and conversations to achieve business outcomes. I think, if you, if you know, and I've seen this play out from like a brand building standpoint, from a demand gen standpoint, from a customer retention success standpoint, you can use those three, those three things for almost any part of the, the business's go-to market strategy. And, and that's what gets me really excited about what I'm doing today at Drift
0: fantastic i really appreciate that context and yeah i you know many of our listeners uh, myself included have have benefited greatly from the hubspot academy over the years and so thank you for getting that off the ground for for all of us um, so today we're going to talk about conversational marketing, and you know specifically what schools can learn about how to use things like chatbots to generate qualified prospects. But for our listeners who are have heard of conversational marketing but aren't really sure what it is, what it means, can you briefly define and sort of unpack this term for us?
1: Yeah. So it's interesting that you you equate, and this is something that we need to get better at, and we're going to work on it. No, please Uh, correct uh, me. Please
0: correct me. Where where am I wrong?
1: Yeah, you equate chatbots with conversational marketing. So a chatbot is a tool. Like email is a tool. Um, You know, a landing page is a tool. A content management system is a tool. Conversational marketing is a strategy. Hmm. And one of the tools you'll use with conversational marketing to actually bring it to life is chatbots is live chat is email is video is automation so i i can talk about those things but conversational marketing first and foremost is the strategy about engaging with your website visitors targeting your potential buyers in a really personalized way accelerating deals accelerating some part of the buying process no matter what type of like you know business you're in so you might be accelerating um, how students can decide to, you know, uh, join that institution sure. for their higher degree, right? Like that might be what you're trying to accelerate. It's about helping customers grow the value they can get from your business, and at the end of the day, like transforming how you actually like engage with customers. So it's it's about making your business more productive while making the buying and customer experience more personal to each person that you're interacting with. And at the end of the day, trying to build deeper relationships and more trust with each customer of your organization, uh, a student, uh, a parent, uh, an alumni. And, And why it works so well today and why it's so powerful is your website, no matter if you're a B2B, B2C, um, a school, no matter what type of organization you are, your website is so important, more important than ever because of this, this, you know, unfortunate pandemic we're going through and you have to ask yourself how, how well designed and set up is my website to engage with people, to help them find the thing they're looking for, to help them get to the outcome that they want in that moment. And that's where, that's where conversational marketing Shines because it's, mm. it's enabling you to engage with someone, understand what they're what they're looking for, help them understand a little bit more about um, you in that moment, and then recommend the right thing for them. And and that's a framework I can unpack for you as well. It's engage, understand, recommend. But it's really a strategy that you can use across your entire um, marketing and sales efforts all the way into you know your 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 or your alumni efforts or your customer marketing type efforts.
0: Sure, sure. Now, uh, just just help me understand a little bit uh, more about how, how would you describe sort of the difference between conversational marketing as a strategy versus inbound marketing as a strategy? Like what what do you see as sort of the the core, you know, because you know, inbound, right, is, is persona driven. It's uh, all about personalization. It's about pulling people through the proverbial funnel, which, you know, we can all argue is is uh, is maybe not a great framework for thinking about a acquiring new customers or in our context, new students, uh, in, in today's reality. But what do you sort of see as, as the key differentiators between, uh, conversational marketing as a strategy for growth versus inbound marketing as a strategy for growth?
1: Yeah, they're definitely different and you should, and you should use both. You should definitely use both. Got I it, mean, got it. I'll simplify it down. Inbound marketing is about attracting people, um, to your business and conversational marketing is about engaging them.
0: Got it. It's, it's,
1: it's that simple. It's that so simple. like. Okay. It, it is, but like when you unpack it, it gets really much more complicated, right? Like inbound marketing um, is is content focused. Conversational marketing is conversation focused.
0: Got it. Got it. Um,
1: and I can keep unpacking it, but like no, that's, no, that's yeah. kind of at the highest of levels.
0: Fantastic. No, no, I, that's actually something I've just been personally uh, wanting to ask somebody who is a thought leader in the space and really really understands both worlds, both strategies, sort of how they talk about the difference between between both. Um, so, you know, Drift is, you guys put out a ton of content um, and uh, sort of a, a theme that I've seen, uh, again, from just being an observer and, and casual reader of, of the content that you all put out, um, is you guys talk a lot about how, like, the way businesses market and sell no longer match the way that buyers actually buy things. Um, and you guys also talk, pretty regularly about this idea that the the MQL the marketing qualified lead um, is is dead or you know you're questioning whether or not the MQL is dead and in our listeners context that sort of translates to the death of what we would call in higher ed, like the traditional inquiry um, can you just help us understand a little bit about a little bit more about what exactly you all mean when you say the way that businesses are selling is not aligning with the way in which customers actually prefer to buy things today. And then coupled with that, what does it mean uh, to when when you all say, what do you guys mean when you say that the MQL is, is dead?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is, this is born from the changes in human behaviors that have, um, that have evolved over the last 20 to 30 years, thanks to technology. And the, the biggest spark for these changes in human behavior was the internet, was the rise of the commercial internet that we use every day, like almost or every everything. minute, of every yeah. Day, we're not using the internet in our lives, right? Yep. Like, it doesn't matter if it's like an Internet of Thing device, um, you know what we're doing right now, um, talking to our Alexa speaker. I mean, it's, it's you know having an Apple Watch on your on your wrist, you know whatever it might be. Um, the internet is like surrounds you, so. What, what the internet has done is it's, put, or it's, it's flipped the control paradigm. The, before, information was scarce, options were scarce, people's expectations were like, you know what, I'm really at the mercy of the, these businesses, and businesses had all the control. Sure. Over the last many years, the control paradigm flipped where the customer now has all the control. The internet has made it possible to find something out or a product or find someone in a matter of seconds, and we've been trained by some of the biggest technology companies over the last twenty years um, to expect things in certain timeframes and in certain in certain and. Um, that requires then, as a business who's trying to sell to another business or a school trying to get someone engaged and interested in applying to a school and, and joining that school as a student, uh, fundamentally at a disadvantage unless you change and match the way people interact and buy things today. So th- that's a big shift, Zach, right? Sure, and then, sure. The other thing that happened was the ways in which we communicate thanks to the internet and the technology that powers the internet have fundamentally changed as well. Like how many, Zach, how many, um, messaging tools do you personally use every day? Can you list them off?
0: iMessage, uh, Facebook Messenger, a fair amount to talk to my grandmother from time to time. Uh, um, Slack, um, mm-hmm. you know, email, um, so that's four. I'm sure I'm missing several LinkedIn I, inmail. I I spent a lot of time in inmail. Five. Um, so at least five on a on a consistent daily basis.
1: Yeah, and then some of those some of those you uh, mentioned were like just email, which I would classify as a different like, messaging experience. But like real time messaging, you listed off three. I mean, I use about five to seven every day, um, and that's what most people use. Most people use about five different messaging services every day. So if let me put it to you this way, if If humans are using real-time messaging in their daily lives all the time, you as a business then have to adapt in how you communicate with your buyers and customers. And that is the power of conversational marketing. You're changing how you communicate and help someone buy your product. Like we say, Drift is the new way businesses buy from businesses. Like Drift is that new way because it's helping you accelerate your revenue by can by connecting and curating and ex- connecting with the buyer and curating an experience for them based off of where they are in that particular moment of the journey of either becoming a customer or, um, you know, deepening the relationship with your business um, as they are a customer. So and the same things applies for students, Zach. I'm sure you can start to make parallels, right?
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, no, and and you know, like what, one of the things I'm just what's what's running through my brain as you're as you're sharing all this with us is like institutions, right? And from an organizational standpoint, are notorious for having huge, huge websites, right? In many cases, thousands and thousands of pages, um, tens of thousands of pages in some contexts of of websites, and they're notorious for being really, really difficult to navigate, right? So, like from a perspective, student experience when you're going to a university, a college or university's website um you know ux has come a a little like schools are caring a little bit more about ux today than they were a few years ago but still it's really 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 hard to find and access the information that a prospect wants and you know we do a, a fair number of like secret shopper experiments and sort of test out what is the inquiry process like at this school or hey what does it actually look like like what what is the process of of starting an application actually look like at this university um and time and time and time again right there's a ton of friction it's really, really hard. There's lots of dead ends, right? Lots of potholes, as we like to say. And so what I, what I love about what you're saying, at least what I think you're saying is like, when you talk about kind of accelerating um, the buyer's journey and making it uh, easier than ever before to service prospective customers in the way through the channels that they want to be serviced through, um, translating that into a higher ed context, what we're saying is like, help give every prospective student the experience that he or she wants when they want it. And do so in a way without forms do so in a way in uh, and really through sort of a, a communication channel that they're comfortable with like a live chat um, and that all makes a ton of sense but what I'm curious to have you do for us is can you first of all is is that like a fair parallel and then second of all um, if so how do you how do you like massage all of this into some sort of framework for, for conversational marketing? Like for a for more technical, like give me a plan, uh, help me understand the the stages of conversational marketing. H- how do you describe everything that you're saying and, and that I'm saying into sort of like a cohesive framework? Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. So the website, um, today is a very hard thing to navigate, like you said, and it's very antiquated and out to date. So, so what we have built is these two ways to take this um, strategy that is conversational marketing and actually implement it across not only your website, but all of your marketing efforts. So the, the first thing we do is we built these blueprints. We have the conversational marketing blueprints, and there's actually multiple blueprints depending on what your end goal with conversational marketing is your end outcome and I'll explain that more and how sophisticated you are trying to be with conversational marketing. Uh, so we have these blueprints then you you take one of these blueprints that you built and I'll explain all of them if you if you'd like sure there's three of them right now and you take the conversational framework, that thing I mentioned before which was engage, understand and recommend and you use the blueprint, to help you then with the conversational framework design the conversational conversational experience for that particular um, part of the website, for that particular part of the customer journey, for that particular um, campaign offer and message you're, you're trying to align. Uh, and, and you're trying to make it so that any anyone who interacts with you in that particular uh, channel on that particular page is feeling like a VIP. Like they get a very personalized um, experience and, and it it makes them, it it helps them find the piece of information or the answer they're looking for very quickly um, on your website, or it helps them connect with someone um, at your, at your organization who will be able to help them better than just some type of, um, copy or content on your website. So do you want me to go through the, the the details of the blueprint?
0: Please, please. And and maybe if it's helpful, maybe, and again, I don't know if it, if it uh, is organized in a way that is conducive to this, but if you could give us sort of like, this is like what a beginner blueprint looks like versus like a more, you know, slightly more advanced versus like, this is like the premium blueprint in terms of like yeah. adopting conversational marketing as a strategy, that would be super helpful. No, that's exactly what we have. So like the,
1: the first the first blueprint is about engaging website visitors. So the the outcome that most of our customers are trying to do here Zach is to book more meetings with people. So what's the what's the equivalent for like an organization like a school? Like what what would that be? What would the outcome be?
0: It would be booking a meeting with an admissions counselor or a program coordinator.
1: Okay. So okay. meaning so meeting, so like right, okay. the goal
0: to, is to get the prospect to talk to the 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 person who understands the program that the prospective student is interested in.
1: Okay, great. So the way you would do this is you would use this four part uh, blueprint framework. So the first one is uh, who who are you engaging with on the website? Is it a unknown visitor? like anonymous like you just you don't know anything about them is it a known visitor you might have you might have their email address or they be, they be cookied or is it a returning visitor and and is if it's a returning visitor how many times have they, been, have they been back to the website so that's that's part one the who then it's the where for this one it's where are you engaging with them so this is simple this is on your website and it's either on your primary domain or your subdomain or one of your subdomains right it's the what comes next, What is like what page are you engaging with them on? And that matters a lot because that is going to help you design a different conversational experience based off of that context. The last thing is why are you engaging them or why are they wanting to maybe engage with you on that page? So what is their outcome as a visitor? What are they looking to do? Maybe it's talk to someone, maybe it's answer a question, maybe it's um, learn more And then what is your outcome as an organization? And most of the time it's to try to book a meeting or it's maybe to like log a sales activity or maybe it's a net new lead creation. Sure. But like that, those four things, the who, the where, the what, and the why make up the first level of this this blueprint, the first phase, stage, I should say, of the conversational marketing blueprint. And it's about engaging website visitors to book meetings. And then you would use the engage, understand, recommend framework And take those things from the blueprint and use it to design a conversational experience for different people. And and first off, make sure that you, you set it up so that you can engage with as many people as possible. So it's about acknowledging that they're visiting the website and asking them a question. That's how you engage with visitors the best. You ask and acknowledge. The second one is understanding, which is about learning about... Their, their visit, their reason for visit, and responding to that. So it's, it's like a learn and respond. And the third one is um, recommend, which is guiding and suggesting them to something. So either guiding them or suggesting something. And like this, this can happen multiple times in that conversational experience that you would either have with a human or a chatbot on the website. But that's what we're trying to teach people to do. And by the way, that framework also applies to how we teach people how to use email marketing or video. To have conversations with people as well, because at the end of the day, of the way a human has a conversation with another person, you engage, you understand, and you recommend, and you probably do that many times throughout a conversation.
0: That is incredibly helpful, and and you know makes a lot of sense. And I think you know again translating that into uh, lingo that might make sense for for our listeners. Uh, you know, so often uh, the the inquiry form in in higher ed is sort of like the creme de la creme like everyone obsesses over like how good is your inquiry form how many fields should you include on your inquiry form do you will you increase conversion rates with just three fields um can you, you know, will your crm uh, uh, allow you to only use you know to, to uh exclude date of birth as, a, as an option when uh, requesting more information and so what uh all this is to say is that what I love about what you're saying is uh, the schools today that are, are quote unquote killing it are the schools that have like unique inquiry forms on every page right or on a, on a series of pages and what you're saying and what you're suggesting is like moving even beyond that to how do you actually go a step further and design a conversation experience that is completely unique depending on not just where the user is, but who that user is and what it is that they're looking for. And I think that that's, that makes a ton of sense. And I, I think that this particular, this framework, these blueprints really apply incredibly well to the admissions process, um, especially when you're dealing with organizations that have really archaic challenging to understand uh, websites who which are more often than not built for internal stakeholders more than they are for prospective students so all of that makes a ton of sense and I think is um, absolutely the direction that higher education as an industry needs to move in uh, I'm curious to know just you know I'm sure I, I don't know how many customers drift has I don't know if you're allowed to share that with us but just what are some learnings, um, over the past few years and like, what are, what are like the outcomes that businesses are seeing that have, that have successfully adopted conversational marketing strategies and what, what are some kind of like benchmarks that people are using to evaluate the success of, of their programs?
1: Yeah, no, I can definitely answer that. And I'll just, again, I'll just remind you that was just stage one out of five stages.
0: Oh my that's gosh! A, Stage one out of five. oh gosh, dude, that's that's oh. so overwhelming. Gosh, you guys yeah. don't sleep over there.
1: That is again, like I don't think we have time to cover it all. But like that is the first thing we help uh, our customers do, which we have fifty thousand customers. We have over fifty thousand customers. Um, that's the first step. The second step is is target potential buyers. The third step is accelerate deal cycles, and it goes on and on and on. So, and we have the exact ways the the solutions you would use. Along with the, the, the parts of the platform or parts of the Drift revenue acceleration platform that you would use to actually make these these outcomes come to life, which was your question. So, our three the three things we help businesses do the most is, is book more meetings, like we talked about, uh, create more qualified pipeline faster, and just create you know, generate close more revenue faster. Right. That's that's the end of the day. What we're trying to help. The businesses do and that's what we really shine in in doing and what that means though is we're helping the business create a better customer and brand experience because we keep talking about how the websites are clunky how websites are hard how websites don't get enough attention from marketing probably today as they should so how do you make your website more engaging more personal you do what we were just talking about how do you um get more uh return on your investment from your marketing program spend Well, you increase your conversion rates. Websites, number one, are typically really poor converting people, maybe 1% to 2% overall for the website. If you can get one or two more points of conversion across your website because you can better engage with people because it's targeting the buyers or the visitors in a more uh, sophisticated, specific way that gets them to engage, you're going to then see so much of a better return from the dollars you're spending on paid ads or events or display or whatever you're spending money on And that's another huge benefit to all of this. So there is so many reasons why you should use conversational marketing. And I'll just say this. Everyone listening can go to Drift Insider. So it's drift.com slash insider. And you can sign up for a free account. And you're going to learn about all of these things inside of Drift Insider. We have hundreds of classes. Uh, We have tons of different resources. We have certifications. we got like literally, I think probably over a thousand videos now in that uh, content experience, that community, plus we have a community to go along with it, um, that, that you can learn about how to do these things. And we have a ton of different types of businesses using it too. We have a lot of schools using conversational marketing um, in really interesting ways. Like some are using it to, um, like you said, book a meeting with a admissions officer. Some are using it for alumni donation and alumni engagement. Some are using it for online enrollment. There's a ton of different ways you can use it.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. And I, I love that you uh, gave a shout out to that resource. Um, and I think that I want to just encourage people to to go there. Uh, and I, I've... Um, read several articles watched several videos and have have found them to be to be helpful um can you mark just uh, because i cut you off in this and i don't think we have time to go through all of these five stages but what i do want is like you what you sort of outlined is sort of like stage one right where where okay this is sort of like the basic framework for thinking about conversational marketing what is can you just like uh entertain us by talking about like where does this go? So, like, what does it look like? Like, how does Drifty's conversational marketing? Or, like, what does it look like to be sort of advanced um, when it comes to the implementation of a conversa- an, an advanced uh, conversational marketing strategy?
1: Sure. I mean, this, the second stage is targeting potential buyers, right? So, it's like, how do you... Um, Align the who, and that now the who becomes more specific. It's like your ideal customer profiles. It's mostly people that you know something about. You know, you have some firmographic or demographic information about them. You know even more about them in terms of their behaviors, their sales engaged. Um, you know something about them as a customer, they're actually customers, and then it's saying, Great, that's the that's the who now. Now it's like where are they coming from like where are they coming from on the internet to visit your website so what what like the channels are you they're, they're using to come to your website what offers are you using to target them with to 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 target that particular you know potential buyer so that they engage and then like why are you doing that well really it's it's about you know creating an opportunity like accelerating pipeline creation and uh, you know you're really trying to you know, use your data that exists in your marketing automation system, your your CRM or database platform to make your website that much more personal to all of these different people coming to it. So that's the second step Uh, along with, at at this stage, you want to make sure that you're using conversational marketing basically across the entire website. So every single page there's some type of conversational experience on, and depending on what pages we're talking about and who are visiting those pages, you might have designed three or four different conversational experiences for some of those key pages because of what I just described, because you're trying to match channel and offer and message to sure. the who. Sure, Um But that's like stage two.
0: Uh, so the, and, and just just to clarify, like this is this is not like I mean uh, live chat right is something that uh, many many schools have adopted, um, but what that experience is like is like there's that one little you know pop up icon in the bottom right hand corner and it's a global property so it's on every single page right. What you're talking about is like th- that's just that's just beginner stuff. Like what you're saying is, hey, what does it actually look like to design? Four to six to ten different experiences, so that that chat bubble isn't actually the same across the entire institution's website.
1: Yeah, and it's not just a chat bubble. So let me give you some examples. So what would you what we would recommend is someone goes to a page and there's some calls to action on that page, um, and there's a form on that page. Uh, So what we would say is great. uh, You need to create. A conversational experience, when someone clicks on that call to action, instead of going to another page or to a form, it's going to open up the the conversational experience, the chat, the chat bot. If If someone sees that form, number one, the form is gone, you would embed the conversational experience into the page, which is easily done now. That's like a very much best practice on our end. So you replace the form, you add the conversational experience instead of the form, and it still does the same thing as the form. In fact, it's usually more effective. In a form because you're reducing friction and you're explaining to people because you can explain to people why are you asking for the specific information uh, from them. And once you have that information, you'll never have to ask for it again. All they will have to do is say, Yeah, I'm interested, and great, you have the information, and they just click, yeah, I'm interested, and now they get that thing, whatever that offer is. The third way you make that conversational experience on that page is through what you just said, is like in the bottom right-hand side of the page, you have a a chat um, experience typically a chat bot not live chat live chat could be there if it's like a very important visitor or if you have the, the capacity to staff live chat in a way that's real-time engagement like under one minute response to that live chat but most people don't have that ability so to use a chat bot to again engage to, to understand to recommend uh, so that those right there are three examples of how you can use conversational marketing on a page and there are others and most people Maybe do the third one I mentioned, which is like just adding a chatbot, but then the chatbot's not designed well enough or um, created in a way that matches to the, to the person visiting that page and maybe where they came from and what page they're on. And they're not designing a conversation that's engaging and enticing and, and, and interesting. So there's a ton of education we need five, 10 years of changing the way marketers think about engaging with buyers and customers. And that's what I'm excited about. And that's what, one of the reasons why I joined Drift because the future of this is enormous. And we're going to, have to rethink as marketers how we do all this. The next stage, stage three, is about using um, AI. It's using intelligent automation to augment a lot of these things because it's impossible to create all these experiences across the website uh, as a human and, and make them perfect. You're going to have to use AI to help you here. And that's what our best customers and our most advanced customers are doing is they're, they're using both Intelligent and non-intelligent, or so non-AI uh, chat uh, experiences or conversational experiences, to make the website um, experience as I keep using the same words, but as engaging and as personal as as can be, uh, because they don't want to miss out an opp- out on an opportunity to talk to someone.
0: Sure, sure, and uh, you know. This is this is incredibly helpful and and really 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 exciting stuff. I I have like eight questions for you, but uh, for the sake of time, we'll we'll uh, funnel them to just an, another two or three here. But the first question that comes to mind is like, what sort of like can you help us understand? What role does like content play in conversational marketing? And in what I mean by this specifically is, right, so let's again just stick for just stick to the website. User clicks the CTA to learn more about a, a product. Let's say in our in our context, it's to learn more about a program. Uh, what would typically happen, right, is that would lead the user to a page that's all about, you know, the MBA program, right, and it, it talks about the faculty and it talks about uh, maybe a couple student stories. If it's if it's really advanced, they might even include a video, right, uh, and it's a little bit more information about the about the specific program. Um, what I'm curious about is like. When like let's let's say uh, on that actual page, when a user scrolls fifty percent of the way down, right? Or there's some sort of pop up. Maybe it's a chat bot. Maybe it's maybe if the school's really advanced, it's a, it's a real person behind the behind the chat. Um, and it says, "Hey, you know, uh, let me know if you have any questions. Happy to help." Blah blah blah. I'm curious, like, what what i kind of hear you saying and i want to make sure that uh, that i'm not oversimplifying this is that like the core sort of role for at least at this like stage 1 the beginner beginner level here is to kind of book meetings book meetings book meetings like get the prospect to hop on a phone call, hop on a Zoom call with a program coordinator. But I'm curious, like, what other ways can, and maybe, again, maybe that's not a fair categorization of what you're saying. What I'm wondering is, like, what other offers are are folks able to kind of incorporate into a conversational uh, uh, marketing strategy if, in fact, in order to, like, really test, like, where the user is at in his or her journey to purchase or, or in our context, journey to enrollment? Like, it's not just about trying to get people to book meetings uh, I imagine that there are other content offers being served if in fact like that isn't working right or if that the same user has come to the same page three times and is still not booking a meeting how do you all see like how does drift encourage its customers to ensure that they're incorporating content offers into their conversational marketing strategies that was a lot but uh, and I hope that made a little bit of sense but could you just speak about like the role I guess that content continues to play? In the buying process,
1: yeah, I mean, so meetings is an outcome. It's not an offer. Like you could maybe call it an offer. Like what's the what's the what's the offer behind a meeting? Well, I'm going to give you a free consultation of how we can you know to understand your challenges and how you know we can help you create some insights around those challenges, right? Like that could be the way you position your your meeting offer. But what I mean by a meeting is like it's the outcome the business is trying to get to. Like, which really is a first conversation, a discovery type conversation with someone, right? Sure. That's, that's all I mean by meaning. Um, what you're describing is where conversational marketing shines all the time, where it's engaging with someone in a two-way conversation, either a, a chat bot to another person or, or maybe a person-to-person conversation because there's live chat enabled in that experience with a one way, a typically one way experience, which is what content is. Content is inherently one way. Hmm. You go to a website page, it's just you're reading the website page. You read a, a digital book or an ebook, it's one way. You watch a video, it's one way. Like There's no way to engage with that content or ask questions about it or like try to find content that's similar to it In a way that's really done well and that's again another place where conversational marketing shines we recommend using conversational marketing across all of your resource pages your resource center your blog if you have an academy or university it should be used in all those places because to your point at the end of the day content is about uh you know really helping you educate people build trust with those people Add some value to them, either in the form of entertainment or um, knowledge acquisition. Um, you know, helping them just perform some type of task, helping them think differently, inspire them, and that content there is to serve the, the business probably in either, like I said, brand building, demand generation, or making the customers more successful. Um, you know, there's also maybe some like employment type content. You know, employee branding um, you know, know, overall company, um, you know, brand building that maybe isn't directly related to your marketing and sales or, or revenue funnel, but content is there to do those things. And you just gotta think as a content marketer, this is again about inbound marketing. How can I make my content work more for me? Because right now it's a one way experience. Well, I need to use some type of strategy to engage with those people and if I just keep asking for email over and over again, over and over again, what happens then to those email addresses I collect? Oh, it's a marketing qualified lead. Great, because you asked us, you asked about this before. Yeah. It's a marketing qualified lead. It's a funny definition we made up. I bet our sales team won't follow up with a lot of those people. Those people will get spammed by us. It's not a very personal experience. It's just, it's sad. And that's why we think MQLs are dead. We think conversation qualified leads are more, more advantageous for sure. We think... Using intent and fit, so so buyer fit and intent, which are different, to gauge how someone should be treated and the experience they should have, is way better than just asking for their information over and over again.
0: That makes a ton, a ton of sense, and that's exactly what uh, many institutions do. It's. Uh, the same message, you know, maybe the CTA is slightly different, maybe the subject line's a little bit different, but it's the same sort of communication time and time and time again. Uh, this is incredibly helpful, Mark. I have two kind of final questions for you that are a little bit more about drift. Um, so for folks that are loving what you're saying, they buy it, they think, oh my gosh, you know, their uh, wheels are spinning in their head. They're really, really excited about like bringing this back to their boss and saying, hey, like it's July 1, it's the turn of the fiscal year in the higher ed space, right? Uh, how should folks think about like what what sort of technology, like if, if I'm going to go and I'm going to buy a conversational marketing strategy, um, I know like there are components of that that are both like, okay, you've got to have content you've got to do some mapping right but the core from my understanding right the core element needed here right is is the right technology so how do folks go about um, um, you know uh, discerning what sort of tech is the right fit for their context obviously, uh, you're, you're biased uh, towards Drift. From my understanding, Drift is, is sort of like the leader in this space. Um, so I think that that bias might be, might be uh, uh, pretty fair. Um, but can you just help us understand, like, how should folks go about like looking at sort of the and evaluating the tech needed in order to step into conversational marketing? Yeah. Is that still there? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. There was a pause. I don't know if you, uh, you responded.
1: No, no, I'm happy to. Yeah. I think just the, uh, the zoom ha- had some audio issues, uh, but no, no worries. So I, I am biased. You know, I, I do think the b- the best in class tool to, to do conversational marketing and accelerate the, the buying journey and-, and your revenue is drift. We built a category We are the leaders in it. No one else has built the conversational marketing blueprint or the conversational framework or the thing we haven't even talked about, the conversational sales formula, how to actually do sales in a conversational way. Um, So I I think that's my short answer. So I I would encourage everyone to go to Drift.com and experience what I'm talking about. Experience the different ways in which we've made the Drift.com web experience conversational. And you'll you'll go to the the resources section. We have a ton of free content. Engage with the Drift chatbot. Just just check it out. And then if you really are interested, you can can schedule time with someone or talk to someone live. We we have both options readily available on the website. Um, I think, though, if if you want to... If you want to you know, not look at the tool and you just want to think through the strategy, I would get conversational marketing certified. We have a free certification in Drift Insider. And I think starting with educating yourself and doing some more research about this new way to do marketing and this new way to do sales is a really advantageous thing to do. So we have a certification for marketing and a certification for sales, and I would just check those out. And uh, you know, it's free, and I think that's going to open up your eyes even more to how this could apply to your organization.
0: Fantastic. Uh love that. And uh last kind of question for you is uh any kind of couple just two three takeaways that you hope folks will will leave with um after after listening to our conversation today.
1: I mean just just number one like your website is more important than ever before. If if you're not focused on your website weekly, if not multiple times a week, um, and, and looking at how it's performing and how are you engaging with people and how's the content and the copy doing and when do I need to update it or like who's the owner of these things? You're missing out in a huge amount of probably revenue and um, you know, conversations and leads because you're not paying enough attention to your website. Um, that's number one. And and number two, I, I, I really believe that you need to be using... No matter what size organization you are, you need to be using a strategy that includes content, community building, and conversations these days um, because you know, most things have been uh, – most products or services have been uh, commoditized, mm-hmm. like completely commoditized, right? So what makes you unique? Like your brand, but what's your brand? your brand is not something you own you you have influence over it but it's definitely not something you directly own what you can what, what makes your brand your brand and, and your experience your business's experience unique is a lot of the times through the content and the one-to-one one-to-many interactions you have with people to so the community building and the ways in which you engage with people so which is the conversation so i think you really have to ask yourself how have I set up my marketing strategy today to match the way people expect to be treated and expect to buy things today, which goes back to that conversation we had about how customers and people have all the control. These days, organizations and businesses do not have much control.
0: Mark, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. This was uh fantastically interesting at least to me hopefully some other people listening in uh appreciated these insights as well uh thank you for the work that you're doing thanks for the the value that you added the space and i encourage all of our listeners to head on over to drift uh drift insider go read the content that they have go follow mark on linkedin and twitter and wherever else uh he might live um but thank you mark again for for taking some time to chat with us this morning. And Hopefully, uh, we can continue this conversation uh, at another point soon.
1: Absolutely. Thanks,
0: everyone. If you are an enrollment marketer working in marketing and communications or enrollment management and would be willing to be interviewed on the podcast, or if you have an idea for a topic that you'd like to hear covered on the podcast, please reach out directly to me at zach, Z-A-C-H, at enrollify.org. We sincerely look forward to working with you to make Enrollify the most trusted go-to digital resource for enrollment marketers out there.